Hello, welcome to What's the Tea. I'm Archie Deadgy. I'm Nick Jew. And we got a special guest. We have a guest who's like actually going to talk this time. <laughs> She's come out Hi. of the control room. Say hello, Charmaine. Hey. Hello, Charmaine. <laughs> Hi, everybody. <laughs> yeah. Good to be back. Good to be back. Yeah, we didn't have a pre-production meeting at all, so no one knows what we're going to be talking about, but that's fine. <laughs> I mean, do we ever? I mean, I have a few things I would like to talk about, but Charmaine, since you're our guest, uh, what's the tea? What's the tea? Um, can I start with uh, my Jay Sweets, LeBron James? Uh, uh-huh. yeah. <laughs> we can start right there. Okay, so, uh, hey, boo, at the beginning of the show. Actually, wait, this don't make no goddamn sense. Sorry. Because it really doesn't make any goddamn sense. <laughs> I have a lot of things, but uh, hit my theme music, please. This don't make no goddamn sense. This don't make no goddamn sense. Thank you. Uh, so, why the fuck is it dark? at 3.37. I know we've already talked about this, but I feel like, so I have a, um, so I have a um, timer on my string lights in my living room and Alexa one day was like, hey girl, do you want me to turn this on at sunset? And I'm like, sure bitch, that's really helpful, thanks. That shit came on at like 4.45 today. Absolutely not. And I know it's different, yeah. like, on the East Coast and the West Coast. Like, when the sun starts setting over here, that motherfucker be gone. Like, <laughs> 10 minutes, maybe. It's really, it's really, it's it's tragic. I just want to know why we're still doing daylight savings times. I know initially it was for, like, farmers and shit, but, like... Don't nobody give a fuck about farmers. You could tell by the way the government treats them. <laughs> ooh, ooh. So don't let that be the excuse. I, I I literally have no idea. And why the fuck do Arizona get to opt out of it? I mean, because Arizona just does whatever they want to do. Can't we clearly. be MLK? Can't we be like them? I mean, no, be really careful what be you like wish for, ho. Arizona. <laughs> just for this. I, I said this last week. Just for this. I just, like, every year this shit happens, and every year I am caught off guard by the fact that it's really starting <laughs> to get early, dark at, like, 4.30. And I don't know. I don't think it's going to last for much longer. Like, eventually the sun will start setting after 5 o'clock, but it don't make no goddamn sense that it's starting to get dark at 4.30 in the fucking afternoon. I'm tired. <laughs> and, like, my my seasonal affective disorder don't need it to be dark not no longer than it usually is. Does the, does the I mean, I guess technically the sun comes up sooner. <laughs> Yes, which also is a burden to my fucking soul because then I wake up at five o'clock in the morning because it's light as fuck in my window. <laughs> it's just it's just the Lord trying to turn you into a morning person. The Lord knows me. <laughs> he knows his creation. <laughs> it's true. I do. I I have been getting up a lot earlier than normal. Like when I was still going into an office. Everybody knew I would slide in around 9, 930. Uh, the For benefit sure. of working from home is I would turn the computer on at like 830. <laughs> so it's not much better. But these days I am working out before I clock in. So I do have to like get out the bed at a reasonable time of the morning. But I wouldn't wow. care if it was dark. <laughs> to be honest, I would prefer it be dark in the morning than at night. Well, that's fair. Uh, see, I like to walk in the morning, and I just can't do it now because it's so dark. Right. And I'm like, I'm not going to get murdered at 5.45 a.m. Well, now you what? can't walk, walk at night either because it's going to be Sun dark. Size, I'm not walking at all. Right. And it's fucking cold <laughs> here. All of it. We were complaining about how warm it was because we couldn't do any fall activities because it was still so fucking warm. The other day, it was like 30 degrees in the morning, so I'm never going to walk. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. Is it? 
I mean, I'm working out, but I'm not meeting my step goal because I'm not where I'm going to go. <laughs> I think I'm going to yeah. start like, because you have to sign up for the gym in my building and you can't cancel. You have to sign up? Because of COVID, they're trying to restrict occupancy in there. Oh, oh um, I was like, ain't, it an, ain't that an amenity? Yeah, but they, so they've marked it off into three sections. And so they only want one person at a time in each section. So no more than three people in there total. It's not very oh, big, obviously. Um, yeah. And so they're using this online time system to, to set a, a slot, but you can't delete it. So I feel bad because I don't know that I'm going to want to work out at the beginning of the day, by the end of the day. And so I would prefer to be able to cancel and just like reserve it for the same time every day. And then, you know, by like two, three o'clock, I know whether or not I'm going to want to go and then I can cancel. But I don't think people be following the rules. I keep seeing notes and shit on the forum about people not signing up. I wish a motherfucker Ooh. would be in there during my assigned time. I'm like, no, <clears throat> no, that's I, me. Yeah, that's I don't, I don't understand what happened to the people at Equinox thinking that just because they pay a bunch of money, the pandemic is over. Like, I need you to wipe that whole machine down, sir. Uh-uh. <laughs> it's, so it's still a little bit of booty sweat over there, brother. Yeah, in my office, all of them like, no more than two people in the room at a time. And please prop the door. I was in a conference room with somebody the other day and she was like, could you close the door? I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Do I have to? Right, like, ugh. We don't even have our masks on. <laughs> <laughs> Who does that? That's gross. Okay, sorry, Charmaine. Uh, we're gonna, hey, no, hey, no, no, no. hey, boo it up at the beginning. No, we can do it up. No, 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 we can wait till the end. Okay, okay. That's just where my loyalty lies, and I wanted to set that out in the very beginning. For sure. Well, is, is there anything that doesn't make any goddamn sense to you? Oh, I want to bring everybody down, but that damn acquittal of that ugly little boy. Child. That only goddamn sense to me. And the fact that I did not watch most of right. I didn't watch most of most of the trial. I just read. I just did a lot of reading because I couldn't look at his face. It was really hard for me. And then to look at that stupid smug judge. Yes. So, and then those prosecutors were no help to anybody. So it was just all very like disheartening, and I knew how it was going to go. But still, I still don't know that inference. It is kind of crazy how the legal system be faulty as hell occasionally. Well, there, I, and, that, and that's the thing. It's like, we all knew how it was going to go. And the system is not broken. It is set up to do exactly what it was oh, designed no, it worked, to do. It, it's working properly. But how come these, they got the motherfucking ineffectual prosecutors? Right. Right. These right. niggas right. went to motherfucking DeVry. Aww. Right. <laughs> was how that come? The, was that the DeVry dude who would just be yelling at you like, you a broke-ass nigga anyway? <laughs> That was one of the off-brand. That was one of the off-brand colleges. It was like Everest. It was like Everest or some shit. I used to, I used to work at one of those. I used to work at one of those. Get your broke ass up, bitch. You know you owe child support. Get a fucking job, ho. We need that dude back. We need him back on TV to be like, you know you already yeah. ran through your stimulus, stupid bitch. <laughs> Uh, yeah. No, I didn't watch, again, not being on any of Al Gore's social media sites, like, really has been beneficial for my mental health because when I, I heard the story about the judge's ringtone, and I was like, nope, mm -hmm. nope, nope, mm -hmm. no thank you. And then I saw a picture of that, that young child um, leaning over the damn judge, and I was like, no, like, no thank you. Since when? Since when? And then I saw one Onion article, and they were like, Kyle Rittenhouse sentenced to 45 years of CPAC uh, appearances. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> so uh, so he, like, got to choose his own jurors or some shit? Crazy shit like that? What, he was picking names out of a bowl or some shit? I guess there's 18 names in the bowl, because all the jurors are present or whatever. Then they get to pick 12, is what I'm gathering. Oh, and he picked the To, like, pick names. who? The one black, a black. I can't believe that. And the, the thing is, is it's funny to watch what's happened afterward. Like 
all those congressmen, well, not all, it was like three of them, the fucking usual uh, suspects. Enough of them. The usual suspects offering him an internship. Like, even if you believe that justice was served, you did just offer a fucking murderer a job. Right. Like, even if he right. accidentally killed some people, which he didn't, you just told your constituents that it that the murderer is the one that you want to learn how to run the government. Child, right. they don't know how to run shit but they mouths. I really can't say the shit that I want to say about them because I live down the street from where their job is. Yeah, they, the, the, uh, the, the, the friends would be right on that ass. Because I have some shit to say, but Lord Jesus, let me just run into this bitch Marjorie, like, in a bar. <laughs> I, I've said this on the show before, and I'm going to say it again. I really want to stop calling people ugly because it's really unkind. But I would love to tell that bitch that she's ugly to her face and tell her <laughs> that she knows she's ugly. I just, I, that's all I want to say to her. Like, you ugly bitch and you know you ugly bitch. <laughs> bitch, you inside know out, you're ugly. Listen, the inside is fucking putrid, but the outside, you look like a fucking baked potato, you <laughs> ugly bitch. <laughs> look at your oh, fucking nose. Yeah. That comedian dude, Charles, I can't think of his last name. He told that that bitch nose looked like he has shoulders. <laughs> I don't like you. Y'all y'all will have to continue to keep me lifted in prayer because I'm very much trying, Jesus. I've read all the parts about loving the neighbors, but I really want to fucking punch this bitch in her neck. <laughs> and I know she be doing CrossFit and shit, so she probably kind of strong, so I would have to hit it real good that one time. <laughs> just karate chop this bitch in her fucking throat so she can't <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah I mean what I you know what I will say and it's, it's been my like soapbox for a very long time it's why voting is so important because in lots of states and I think people get confused um, when we tell the story of the great migration side note we gotta talk about the book we don't like part of that conversation doesn't include white flight and there are states like wisconsin and oregon where there are plenty of constitutional laws that are meant to like legislate racism but saying the quiet part silently so when you can vote for judges like this that's absolutely a way for people to legislate <laughs> racism and bullshit. right and he's also run unopposed wow. for a very very long time for a long time like 20 years unopposed and i don't think this so, is the first bullshit racist bullshit that he let slide in his courtroom but the problem is like being an elected judge is not a sexy ass position you know what i mean and it's like listen the word activist and the word legislator or lawmaker are different words they do different things on purpose it, we need everybody everybody can't be doing press conferences in the microphone and having a whole bunch of followers and shit but we need people to fucking fix the shit and imagine the shit that goes down in courtrooms across America that don't have cameras in them, that aren't exactly. in the national spotlight. And then his response to being in the national spotlight and having the cameras in the courtroom is, well, maybe we shouldn't have cameras in the courtroom. Right, so I could just get away mm. with this egregious ass shit. So I can just do whatever all yeah. the time. Fucked up. bothering me. Fucked up. What's, yep. what's the tea, Reginald? Ciao. Nothing. You ain't cannot, no, ain't you no cannot do that every week. We have to create content. <laughs> <laughs> we, ha we are creating content. <laughs> what the fuck we gonna talk about for the next 40 minutes? <laughs> um, no, I, um, I, I appreciate uh, being in my early mid-30s because like boundaries is kind of amazing especially like in this last uh eight weeks of the year like <clears throat> there are a couple holidays that can be a little difficult for people and like i am so grateful uh to steal a joke from shay coulee i used to think therapy was for white people with money but it's also for black people with money um <laughs> 
uh, um, shout out to my health insurance deductible for covering 85%. Most health insurances mm. do provide mental health resources, but look for it because they don't advertise it. Get yourself in the, into therapy. Please, Jesus, please, pay, everybody, please. I pay $30 a session, which was expensive when I was seeing her multiple times a week. But now that we on that, um, <laughs> now that we're uh, on bitch, you doing a good job status, I only, <laughs> I only see her once a month or uh, when I'm Oh, once a month? She did a real good job. After, after, <laughs> after almost three years, we are on once a month status. We were, we were on on as-needed status, and then a bitch almost died, and then we got to once a month. We're also right, on, right, right, like, right. We're also on, like, text me if you feel like you're about to jump out the window status, too. <laughs> Thank God them shits is bolted. Okay, and on the... <laughs> not very far above the ground. <laughs> I would probably, like, scrape my elbow and twist my knee. And I will whoop your ass. Right, like, bitch, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> I was jumping out of the window. It was it was a dramatic uh, gesture. Fuck y'all. So fucking dramatical. But it's it's so nice being an adult and being able to be like, no, I'm not doing that. No, I'm not. No, no, I'm not. I love you, but no. I got to the creating the boundaries part pretty quickly, but my thing now is like, then I feel bad about creating the boundaries, so then I have to go talk to my therapist about feeling a way about saying no to people. And I, I mean, I, I know sometimes we joke about our, our very like slight age difference because we feel like peers in every kind of, in every other way. Mm-hmm. But I do, I am curious, like, about people born, you know, post-Reagan and beyond. Their their relationship to sacrifice is very different. How so? Like, I just don't think that people in my generation and younger have the same relationship to duty and sacrifice as people who are older than me. Mm. And, I, and, I, and I actually don't necessarily think that that's a great thing. Like, I think, obviously, the right answer is, like, is balance, but... The way that people are just like, nope, cut off. No, I don't feel any responsibility to that. Like, like, you know, ghosting, if you will, is sort of the the less, um, uh, what's the word? The less ethical way of being like, I'm disengaging from a thing that doesn't serve me. But I I think there is there is good to be found in like some step some distance from duty, especially if it like causes pain. But I think <laughs> there's also some balance about like duty and and sacrifice not necessarily being four-letter words i guess i'm overwhelmed by the amount of aversion people have to like speaking to people and yes i know it's like haha for twitter and a lot of us don't enjoy talking on the phone but like how do you maintain entire relationships platonic and otherwise without ever speaking to people like every week i see some shit like don't call me don't ever call me don't fucking call i know it's like, so strange like it's a phone it's primary function is <laughs> to make calls and like i understand even though i don't have this feature on my phone i very much understand the sentiment of like don't facetime me without warning but i know people do that shit all the time it's like don't accept the video part right <laughs> exactly right. right just push the red button right like, <laughs> it's really okay. But I just see all all day long people like, don't call me, don't ever call me, don't fucking call me. Okay, like, fine. <laughs> Great. I won't. But some shit is like a voice note or a quick phone call will solve 36 text messages being exchanged. And there's some Abs- shit, absolutely. in my old ass Gen X opinion, that should never be handled via text message. Like Many I, things should never be handled via text message. And I think that like because my mom is learning the appropriate ways of technology, we've had some growing pains around that shit. There's like certain, when certain people die, I'm going to need you to call me. Other people, yeah. sure, shoot me a text. Don't text me to be like, "Yo, cousin died." Absolutely right. not. Right. Like if you have to, if you have to t- remind me of who the person is, fine, text me. Right. You know my, <laughs> Not if you have to remind me. You know my <laughs> classmate's mother. Yeah, she died. That's that's a perfectly appropriate text message. But like, right. 
there's some that whatever. But, like, I just don't understand how people... Because boundaries are great and lovely and wonderful. But being a, an ineffective communicator is bullshit to me. There are 101 ways to deliver a message in 2021 that you don't have to just avoid people. Part of the boundary setting should make you feel better. And I, personally, don't feel better when I avoid people. Now, do I want to be petty? And because you didn't text me for a month and I thought you had died, am I not going to immediately respond to your text message? Probably. <laughs> Yes. I mean, I, I love I love a read receipt. I'm so glad I'm free from those shackles. <laughs> like, uh-huh, I read it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's so petty. But it also... Listen. But I think it causes unnecessary strife. Like, what if I just read it while I was sitting in traffic, and because I'm 43, by the time I could respond, I totally fucking <laughs> forgot... And now it's two or days like later. thousand other things have happened in the meantime. Right. And now it's two days later and you think we got beef because I ignored your text message, which I didn't actually ignore. I just didn't see that shit. Well, also, I mean. Or I some, saw it and I forgot. Right. In some relationships, I don't stress about a double text. I will quadruple text yo ass. I didn't even know what that was until I was like talking to somebody and he mentioned it. I was like, what the fuck is a double text? And they're like, oh, <laughs> If you text somebody twice and they don't respond, I'm like, I will text Reggie. So you Reggie. mean just regular ass text? Right, I will text Reggie six times. Right. And the sixth right. text will be, if you do not respond to my motherfucking text message, I'm calling your mother and the police. You'll be happy, oh, you'll be happy to know, Reginald, that with one of my suitors, we have gotten to that space. So I'm like, FYI. Ignore me again, yes. and I'm whooping your motherfucking ass. How about that? I'm calling the law. I'm calling the laws. <laughs> but but not, because um, I don't do that to black people. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I will, I will not be having any of my meals with my biological family this year for the holidays. Is that your choice? It is my choice. Good. Are you oh. are you running from something, or you just don't want to? No, them? no, no, no. I, <laughs> I, I will, I will see them over these next eight weeks. I'll see lots of people that I'm related to. But I think there's just like a lot of pressure around, or I should say, I have felt a lot of pressure in years past around like big holiday meals to sort of like uh, participate in a facade of like everything is great and like we're all fantastic and it's like no we don't have to do that I, we can still love each other and like have a meal on thursday it just doesn't have to be the last thursday in november for us to like be kind to each other and and be grateful to be around each other or anything like that yeah i don't know how you're gonna get away with that because if i was on the same coast as my mama and didn't see her for thanksgiving i would never get <laughs> into that shit well the best part is like my family doesn't totally understand how google works um, so like, I just feel like I'm in a show and they, and like that just, that answer, it just goes like, even if I don't have a performance that day, like they're just like, oh, he's in a show. He can't, he can't come. I mean, technically if you have a show on a Friday, then you probably can't. <laughs> yes, With, exactly. Without causing yourself undue stress. Which I also like, I took an allergy test and I'm profoundly allergic to undue stress. So I just try to, <laughs> I'm on the isolation diet. I just took a DNA test and it turns out that I am 100% conflict avoidant. <laughs> but what I am learning in therapy is that conflict is not inherently bad. No, it's not. And so now that I have that new perspective, I'm happy to confront things. I'm conflict, I'm conflict curious. Mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, what are we going to learn from this conflict? So what are you doing for Thanksgiving? Uh, Minding my black ass business and eating some macaroni and cheese that I'm going to make for myself. You know, the last couple of years, I haven't really done things either. When I first moved away from home, I went to like a co-worker's house and it was weird because my family doesn't do like a formal sit down dinner. And I didn't realize how many people do that. Like, you know, I grew up as and with a bunch of Cowboys fans who always play on Thanksgiving Day. So our Thanksgiving was like everybody in sweats, grab a plate, get to the couch, watch the game. 
So when I was invited to these like formal sit down Thanksgivings, I'm like, wow, this is interesting. The one that was the, the least formal is when I went to Thanksgiving with Rod and Karen. Like, we sat down at the dining room table, but it wasn't, like, formal. It was just, that was the best place for everyone to sit, which was super to fun. Yeah. And then afterwards, we did the game thing, which was wonderful. It was it was almost exactly like my family Thanksgiving. We just never had a dining room table big enough to seat everybody. Because <laughs> we usually did it as a combined family, which is like a hundred motherfuckers. Um, and then, yeah, that's a, that's a lot of people. And then I was like feeling awkward to be around other people's families. It just made me more lonely. So eventually, I just stopped doing shit for Thanksgiving. And obviously, Grace last year brought my mom and I a ton of food because I was ill. And thank God for that, because then we actually got some Thanksgiving food. And this year, we're doing catering, and I'm going to a friend's house on actual Thanksgiving, and then having a catered friendsgiving on Friday. What are you doing, Charmaine? I'm going to our family friend's house. Um, they have the house with the backyard, and this um, lady is actually a a chef, so she's catering everything. She's like, just bring some, bring some, bring a bottle. I was like, it's done. My favorite thing <laughs> to bring to Thanksgiving dinner. Okay, <laughs> that's what I'm bringing. But it's like, because if they ask you to bring a roll, they know you can't cook. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. My mom's like got a whole pot of like, you know, fish that she's got to fry. And they're like, Charmaine, just bring some drinks. I'm like, all right. <laughs> Say less. <laughs> so, yeah, that'll be nice. I haven't seen a lot of those people like probably in, in over a year with the whole pandemic going on. And those are like people that I'm pretty close with. So it'll be nice to see them. There's also that my family um, are a lot of anti-vaxxers. And so I'm really happy not have to go home and tell everybody I'm not going to be around them. Oh yeah, that, yeah. These people are all a bunch of nurses, a whole bunch of nurses. So. <laughs> my brother is doing the Thanksgiving and his son that had the COVID still ain't got the goddamn vaccine. He still don't have the damn shot. I don't know if he's under his 90 days or whatever, because I feel like he just had it. He just know. had the Rona? Yeah, not too long ago. I don't know. Damn. I don't think it's been three months. That's crazy that people are still freshly getting the Rona. Freshly <laughs> just getting vaccinated. I was, I was out over this weekend. I was in somewhere and I'm like, this might be it, guys. This might be when I get the Rona. Oh, no. This might be it. This might be it. When I get the vid, I'm looking around at these people, and I'm like, oh, God, this might be it. I'm preparing myself for third Wednesday. Well, for Wednesday. I'll probably test myself on Wednesday before I go to Thanksgiving on Thursday, because that's about five days out. But still, I was like, oh, man, if I am the one who gets the vid in December, November 2021, I'm going to be pissed. I feel like if at this point I get it, I earned it. Because <laughs> now yeah. I'm like outside, yeah. outside. I mean, my friend's husband is a like fancy ass like virologist. And he was like, I mean, niggas used to get sick every day. I mean, he didn't say niggas, but this is I my sure interpretation. Hope not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying it on his behalf. Niggas used to get sick all the time. And, you know, like the point of the vaccine is that. It's not actually about, because he was saying people are freaking out because cases are going up. And he's like, cases isn't the dangerous metric. It's hospitalizations, right. deaths. That's right. what caused the override or the overload of our healthcare system last year. So, like, we're, you know, we are tipping out of the woods. It is okay, especially as people are getting vaccinated and boosted. And, you know, I'm still waiting for my third year. Like, they told me, like, with my testicles ain't didn't swell up or nothing like i really i it's not given what it said it was supposed to have game i want my money well i have no 5g where is my 5g okay i'm boosted and i still don't have 5g and i don't even get it the youtube conspiracy theorists are saying it's gonna happen like in 30 years you guys nigga i'm not gonna live that long shut up you better none of us are This earth gonna burn the fuck up in about 12 minutes. What the fuck? Y'all tripping. I'm about to be 99 out this bitch. Like, (laughs) ornery as fuck. 
living in the damn uh living in the damn bubble because of all of this damn fossil fuel which you which you hoes uh i just you know for me it's uh i don't i can no longer care what people are doing and i had to do what i wanted to do and i miss the New York City environment where every single place you went, they thoroughly checked your vaccine card against your You ID. have to be vaccinated to go to the bathroom. Right. And DC, yeah, like, it, it, so they, ain't, they ain't on that here. And, like, the mask mandate is a fucking joke. Basically, as soon as everybody walks into the restaurant or bar, they take that shit off. Before I was boosted, I would, like, keep my shit on until my drink or food arrived and then put that shit on after I got it. But now I'm feeling a little more secure and like taking it off but i'm also still not going into like really crowded not well ventilated places and if a place is too crowded i don't stay very long yeah but you know uh so have y'all seen king richard Oh, Lord of mercy, Kelly Clarkson, Eddie Murphy. Did you watch it, Charmaine? I I did not. I was out all I was out in the streets. But you guys please talk about it. I I'm can, definitely gonna watch it. I can say I'm gonna spoil goes. it and say <laughs> they do make it. it to the they do make it to the um to the league. Wow. Wow, Reggie. Wow. Also okay. he has more than two daughters. <laughs> we also knew that. <laughs> Who is we? Because I was like, I don't know who you had all well, Orsine didn't make Orsine didn't make the older three, but right. he had a bunch of Richard Williams like actually did the I'm going to the store and left and right. started yeah. a whole uh-huh. other family. Right. Yeah. And uh, I appreciate because so Venus and Serena they Is that in the movie? Yeah. No. Yeah. I mean like that what? that particular story is not totally in the movie. She, when they have that argument in the kitchen. Yes. She said that his son came up to the door. But the story about him like literally leaving his wife and right, kids no. to meet Orson is not in the movie. No, no, no. Because like Venus and Serena didn't agree to executive produce the movie until they saw it because they were like, what the fuck are y'all going to say about our dad? Right. Um, right. And I'm not even going to talk about that ashy ass white lady. Like, so that's, that, so that, this is what I came to do. A uh, couple of things. So, uh, Venus and Serena, executive produced the movie, had a great deal of influence on a lot of aspects. I'm not particularly sure which ones, but so this white woman got on Twitter, showed her ass about um, how he became the, how, why is the movie called King Richard? If it's about Venus and Serena, oh. whatever the fuck she said. And the internet drug her by her fucking banging. But I am here to say, all of the people who are talking about Will's accent are ignoring the agency of the Williams sisters who signed on to the project. So they're okay enough for you to be mad at the white lady for saying that it was not a feminist story because it was about their father, but they're but they like didn't hear the accent. You you thought that they just sat there for a month and ignored it. People really, I'm telling you, the the penis, it just fucks up your critical thinking but it's this really is women too. this is women too so so my uh two cents is that i believe that that shit is couched in internalized anti-blackness and fatigue over will smith because him and jada have been in the news which i also call bullshit on because i don't i follow him only on Instagram and I never see anything about them on Twitter or what they said or what they did unless it's people complaining about how they want Will and Jada to leave us alone. You, you, I feel left alone. The only time Honestly, I'm like bothered, if you want them to leave you alone, just like don't follow them. Like right. disengage. And all they, it's very simple. Yeah, it's cool. And yeah, and to drag Jada really is all they really want to do. Right. They don't really care about Will so much. It's just they want to call Jada out of her name as much as possible. And because for the longest time, their life was a secret and everyone could make up their own narrative about what they were doing. And now that they're upfront with it, you don't own them anymore. Also, that, like, as a person who has met Richard Williams multiple times, uh, that's the way the nigga sounds. Um, they fucking have receipts in the, in credits. I like he he gave birth. I mean, he you know contributed you know twenty three chromosomes 
to Serena Williams and he called her Serena to this day. <laughs> yeah, he added R to the back of her name. So what? Serena. And there's like a couple of words that he was doing a little bit too much with that like O-I-N-T Louisiana thing, but it was twice in the entire movie. And no one is saying anything about the fucking cartoonish way that John Bernthal or whatever the fuck his name is, is doing that dude's accent, which they also showed receipts at the end of the movie. He don't sound like that. Because that is exactly how Rick Macy talks. Kind of. I felt like his, but I felt like the, the interpretation was super cartoonish. It was, it was cartoonish to me. Yeah. It, I, it was. And I think people it, it have a problem movie. with Will Smith. His performance, I don't give a fuck. He was incredible. His physicality, like he was fucking in it. And like you, <clears throat> you have a you thing. If you cannot separate actor from performance, I know that Will is a very like ubiquitous personality. And there were moments where a little bit of him peaked out, but for the most part, He's not an actor to me that disappears into a role because he has very, like, his qualities are very Will Smith. He can't get rid of them shits. But I thought that, like, his physicality, his accent, his actual acting, I thought he was great. He was incredible. He was incredible. And those, there, this is not a spoiler, but, like, the, his scene with Venus. Uh, oh, I don't care. Um, I don't, if it's for me, I don't care about spoilers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, the scene with Venus where she almost took his head off, that scene, I couldn't fucking breathe. The scene with Serena where he said what he said to her at the end, I couldn't fucking breathe. Also, like, Richard, it's a known fact to tennis fans all over the place that Richard Williams never felt comfortable being the, like, king of tennis and would always hang out with the security guards. So that scene where he was, like, talking to the security guard watching the match, like, I was like, oh, my God. It, it, I mean, like, it was so incredible it's it's such a good movie i mean i think i have directing notes about pace and i think they overemphasize like a tiny bit too much how well those two young actors learned how to play tennis for the movie i think i could have seen like 10 percent less shots of them hitting the ball back and forth because there are so many like emotional storylines that like it was just it was it was it was incredible it was i'm gonna see it again i'm gonna probably cry again and then, like, I knew what was coming at the end, at the end credits, and I still fucking gasped and sobbed, and it was just—I was happy that I was in that bitch by myself. Yeah, I—I I know it's Oscar bait. I'm not—I've not seen enough. Oh, a hundred percent. I've not seen enough movies this year to say whether or not it has any contention outside any acting awards. But I think that like a person like Richard Williams is embarrassing to some black people. And the fact that Will went all the way in with the authenticity of the way that he talks brings that it prickles that little respectability politics needle. So people's it, first reaction is, oh, he doing too much. Oh, I can't believe this accent. Rolling my eyes at this dialect Will is using when he sounds like, like Richard. Richard. I think they're a strong contender for at least four. I think actor, supporting actress, probably original screenplay and definitely it'll probably get shortlisted if not nominated for that song come on beyonce come on beyonce i thought but it, it was, was great. yeah it was definitely oscar bait with a capital o but it was it was it was a beautiful a beautiful tribute i totally agree and if they to have Venus. enough and if they have enough agency for y'all to drag that white lady for what she said, they have enough agency to not let an actor do a clown version of their dad's accent. Yeah. Like the reason yeah, Serena sure. Williams says athlete is because her father says athlete. Right. Um, did y'all watch I know the answer, but I just have to be a good journalist. Did y'all watch Tick Tick <laughs> Boom? No. Charmaine. No. I saw you talking about it. No. I liked it uh, a lot, actually. I didn't know it at all. Um, I just knew it as Jonathan Larson's other musical, but I never heard any songs from it. I never knew it. Um, mm -hmm. Obviously, there were two things about it that I didn't care for a great deal. I have a lot of passionate about the, passion about that. But overall, I thought that it was an amazing tribute. Um, I thought that Andrew Garfield was 
acting from his hair follicle to his toenails. He was <laughs> amazing. That's, uh, he he was going to do that anyway because right. that's how he is. The singing at first, I was very underwhelmed, but that was just the first number. And then he really got into it. And I, <laughs> there's some wonderful cameos. Pr- pretty much all of Broadway is in, in the movie. Mm-hmm. Judith Light, once again. Oh, all, all of Broadway is in the movie? Well, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just I kidding. was I'm about to kidding. say something so shady. <laughs> <laughs> All of working Broadway was in the movie. <laughs> Police! Police! Hell, hell. Since you want to come for me for some shit I didn't even say. Police! Um, there's some great rent Easter eggs. So if you're a rent head like me, that part will be great. It was super emotional. I cried my face off like six times. Uh, there's this really theme. what is it about? Can you tell me what it's about? Yeah. So um, the musical Tick Tick Boom was Jonathan Larson's other musical that he wrote, but the movie I guess is sort of I've never seen the original, so I don't know like how different it is. But the movie is him writing uh he's trying to like break in to broadway he's writing he's doing a workshop of a musical that he's written gotcha um but they're but the like the relationship with him and his best friend it's so fucking mark and roger his girlfriend does is not like on drugs but she's kind of the meanie like there's just a lot of parallels the actual musical is three people who play multiple parts and in the movie, those three people are him, uh, Joshua Henry, and Vanessa Hudgens, who mm-hmm. uh, I don't understand why somebody has not told her to stop singing through her nose. Child, she's too busy, she too busy uh, princess switching. Leave her alone. I love the princess switch, <laughs> but I need her to come out that nose. And then they put auto-tune on top of it. It sounds like a chipmunk. Oh, how dreadful. Not the not the automatic tuning. And then you know the other little girl I don't I don't care for. Who? Alexandra Ship. I don't know who that is. I don't beautiful gowns. She wears gorgeous gowns. That gorgeous gowns. Gorgeous gowns. <laughs> uh the thing about her is it's similarly how I felt about that lady all y'all love is when you are in a scene with a phenomenal actor, they expose your your inconsistencies. And he brought her to a level that I've never seen her at before, but she still fell short to me. Oh, I was like, who the, who the fuck are you talking about? But you, when you say, oh, y'all, I, never, I had to hear it. I know that I'm the one. I know it's me. It's fine. I, I'm, I'm well aware <laughs> that it is me. I don't know, but okay. I liked passing. Oh, her. Oh, I thought you meant the other one. What other one? I knew exactly who you were talking about. Who, Scarlett Johansson? Yeah, that's who I thought you were talking about. You know I pay that bitch dust. It's one of the two. You know I pay that bitch dust. I don't don't even watch her movies, though. Like, the last thing I saw was a marriage story because I just wanted to be like, an informed hater, but I don't of course, you know, I mean, at, at the root of it, you are a journalist, right? Like I, I can't be talking shit about the bitch if I ain't seen the movie, and I wanted to participate <laughs> in the shit talking. Um, oh, you're talking about her? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yes. She didn't ruin that movie for me. That's good. And Alexandra didn't ruin this one for me. I just I felt her performance was lacking. Um, but I liked it. If you like musicals, I highly recommend it. Lin Manuel put his foot in that shit. It is completely gorgeous. It's extremely well directed. I think with all of the, uh, you know, discussion around In the Heights, what what was missed is how wonderfully directed the film was, and that wasn't Lin Manuel's direction. So it was nice to see him as a film director, like what his vision was. The piece. It's it's very it's it's very clear to anyone who has you know bothered to pay attention how much he loves the the art form of musical theater, mm-hmm. and it's just like really nice that now he's basically he could do whatever he wants for the rest of his career. He gets to like 
you know, tell these unsung stories to a new generation of people. I think that's really amazing. And I think he and I are close enough in age that Rent probably changed his life the way that it changed mine. And you can, there are a lot of parallels between him and Jonathan Larson. And like, people don't really know that Jonathan had a little bit of like a hip hop thing. And you know, whatever. like, I uh, Rent is one of those musicals that like, now people are starting to come out and say they hate it, but I had never heard anybody say they disliked it until like 10 years ago. And I Wait, think, what? Yeah, people hate it. I think it's, un, it's not that it's unfinished, but I think had he like lived to see the final preview, he would have made a couple of adjustments. And I think that now in production, people are making those adjustments. I feel two ways about the Angel situation because I, I don't think that like, trans people um are wrong at all but and i love the way that directors are are changing pronouns for angel but i do think that at the time the piece was written people were not going by they them they just weren't no well and also like to people and i'm i don't mean to sort of throw my non-working broadway actor credentials around (laughs) um but like homosexual maybe... uncredited <laughs> you shady bitch name me, name me one musical that has never undergone a single change from exactly. the first like preview of its off-broadway debut to whenever like are are you kidding things change all the time they're supposed to like art's supposed to evolve and he died suddenly of a brain aneurysm before the show opened. So I'm sure that there were tweaks that he, he probably would have made and that the crew of that first production probably wanted to make, but in order to like honor the person who freshly died, they probably just left it as is. Of course. And, uh, and in my opinion, the changes aren't huge. They corrected some of it in the movie, like in Out Tonight, um, where Mimi says, won't that be back before it's new year's day it used to bother the fuck out of me but dramaturgically it makes sense to say christmas day to me but i understand the change because she's saying it's it's december 24th 9 p.m eastern standard time at the top of the show and she's saying take me out we won't be back before it's christmas day so she's saying we're gonna stay out all night makes sense to yeah me, to me okay here we go, y'all. Motherfucking hey, boo. Lord Jesus. Charmaine, kick us off of what had transpired at the Malice at the Palace Part 2. Part 17, because they always be Oh, fighting. man. Like I said earlier, I didn't even watch it live. I was in the car, and I stopped and sat in front of my house and got on Twitter like I ought to do. Because <laughs> why wouldn't I just go inside and bounce? Right. <laughs> And I'm seeing all this stuff about Malice in the Palace and LeBron fighting. I'm like, what? Um, and then apparently what had happened was uh, LeBron elbowed this kid in the face, apparently. And then someone said in slow motion, looked like he punched him in the face. And then once the kid's face started leaking, then he got all in his feelings and tried to like rush LeBron from across the court, be, having to be held back by like 20 different people. Which is like LeBron never just, the like, move. And in the video, you see like, look at him, look at him, <laughs> look at this. Why is he doing this? What is happening? So, you know, bench clearing types of nonsense shenanigans ensue, and everybody's going crazy, and the internet is just running wild, calling LeBron a dirty player, and all of these other things, and and it's just like, first of all, LeBron's been ejected twice in 19 years. 19 years of playing basketball professionally, two times. That does not, you know, dirty player is not, you know, no, it doesn't happen that way. And um, I guess today they said that he tried to reach out to apologize to him. I think his name's Kate or Kane or something. I tried to apologize to him today to say, you know, it didn't happen on purpose or whatever, but it just had the internet in a flutter yesterday. I'm no forensic scientist, but the initial contact (laughs) did look accidental to me. There was a little kick and a follow through that probably happened because of the tussle that happened after the accidental thing. But I don't think LeBronathan was trying to hit that man on purpose. No, definitely not. What? He would have no reason to. And, and 
honestly, if LeBron at his size and structure and structure were to haul off and punch you in the face purposely, I'm just going to break your nose. Mm-hmm. It's probably going to put you right out of your lights. Mm-hmm. Okay? So let's just use a little bit of a commonsensicalness here. The jokes were funny, yeah, though. That's not... The jokes were quite hilarious. Yeah, the memes were good. This morning, the video of Mello talking about, they coming over here. The best part was how everybody was like, oh, there, there's some goons on that Laker team because you know Russie is always ready. But they said he looked like the fucking Fighting Irish logo. <laughs> Rondo will fight. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mello will fight. Uh, LeBron's not going to fight. He doesn't really fight. He doesn't really have to. He's right. baby. Baby doesn't have to fight. Um, I think Kobe was like yeah. the only marquee player in NBA history who was like, oh, I will, I'll swing on you. <laughs> and only once at that. Only one time. Yeah, man, what's up with people from yeah, Detroit really trying to all, all fighting all the time? What's up with that? <laughs> I'm going to get a call, call, call three-way the, call. Yeah. <laughs> I'm the bus driver this week. Child, except <laughs> except down to the FedEx. They don't want to fight nobody in front of the damn FedEx, though. What's, ooh, I don't know that story. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't do it. It wasn't me, friend. <laughs> <laughs> she laughed, though. <laughs> right. She laughed. She she uh she liked it. She retweeted the tweet and she liked the tweet. That's the same thing. It's okay. He not gonna he gonna be mad at her. He not gonna be mad at her. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I know at, you don't. What? I know you don't watch uh, um, Housewives of Salt Lake City, wait, Charmaine. Wait, but... before we move on, some, a fan threw up at a game, and thank God nobody showed the actual throw up. But, like, Ew. there was a thread full of everyone's reactions to the throw-up. Because they, they were sitting, like, courtside <laughs> and fucking threw up all over the floor. So, like, hey, boo, to I think it was Shams who uh, did that tweet thread of everybody <laughs> fucking reacting to the vomit on the court. It was either Shams or Woj. Absolutely not. This feels like a Shams move. Absolutely not. Um... My hey boo is uh, whoever called the FBI on Jen. Apparently, it was Meredith. I know um, this. I know this. Even though I don't watch, I know this story. Go on. (laughs) But, like, the just the smoothness of her getting the call, telling old girl to turn her microphone off. And then being like, my husband had internal bleeding. Uh-huh, I have to go to the hospital. You like, thought that was smooth? That lie? That fake-ass, lying-ass lie? So smooth. No, baby. That bitch was lying. <laughs> and then they were trying to ask her a follow-up question. She was like, internal bleeding. Inter- I'm just going to start saying that shit. And whenever somebody asks me some shit that I don't want to answer, I'm going to be like, internal bleeding. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> internal bleeding. <laughs> And you know I love Whitney Rose with my whole You do? I do. I really enjoy her. But she's getting a little bit of like, I've always been nice to you colors in her beef with Mary. Oh, 100%. And I'm not fucking with it. I mean, Mary makes me feel profoundly uncomfortable, but yes. I internalized (laughs) (laughs) anti-blackness. Because she, I got an auntie just like her, and that shit doesn't, um, it don't move me one way or another. She do not (laughs) represent me. I'm like, Mary, girl, your son ain't got no food in his refrigerator. (laughs) What would you do if your son was at home? What would you do? Oh, Jesus. I was talking to Tori on Twitter today, and she was talking about Lisa and Meredith. I'm like, I don't know fucking uh, Quaalu from Adderall. It, it takes me a second to to remember which one is which. Oh, but, I definitely like uh, Meredith. And Lisa's kids, uh, their little uh, grooming product be down to the CVS. Do it. Child, I was, I was so shocked. So I said that Meredith was 
Quaalude and Lisa was Adderall and she was like, well, what do we call Mary? That's Xanax. <laughs> <laughs> that lady is cuckoo. Yeah, she's, she's, on, she's on a cocktail. And she has just made it up in her mind that because Whitney didn't take her FaceTime, that's her enemy now. But she might be onto something because the way that Whitney is responding to her, it feels very, I have always been nice to you colored. Yeah. And it, you see how quickly that bitch started spilling the tea when she was drunk after the um, s'mores situation. Yeah, I don't, I, that's why I was like, you like Whitney? Yeah, up until these last couple of weeks. Not that I we'll dislike see. her, I just, I have questions. Right, 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 right. I, am, I have questions about new white women that I haven't known for decades. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I need to check yo your application is still processing. Come back come back in about three to six months. You're not allowed. It's like to when apply. white people follow me on when white people follow me on Twitter, I have to go check their Twitter right. for the N word right. and other phrases that will get you excommunicated from my timeline. Listen. Uh somebody tweeted the other day like the white people that follow me are strong. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> shout was, out! I retweeted that. Yeah. Shout out to the white people who listen to this show who know that we are not talking about them. We are not. We are not. If you are a white person and your name is in my telephone and I respond to your Facetimes, I'm not talking. Right. <laughs> right. And we know you also collect the other white people, so it's fine. <laughs> show do. It's fine. Um. All right. So I have a meanwhile on Twitter before we get up out of here. Lord Jesus, what are these people doing speaking now? Speaking of white women, <laughs> speaking of white women, Dr. Jessica Taylor tweets, did they seriously make a film called King Richard about the success of Serena and v Venus Williams, but it's about their dad, Richard? Uh, and so then she, she tweets the following. I get this has annoyed people, but I genuinely didn't expect a film about two of the most powerful, successful, and amazing black female athletes to be named after a man or center a man. I would have loved this film to be all about them and not a man. That's it, really. So they drug her, obviously, by her banging. <laughs> um, this one includes a lot of word salad so I will try my best to make it make sense these are the misandrist most disillusioned feminists in Nigeria look up to people that champion the destruction of the black family for their quote unquote progressive causes this one has a slur so I'll skip it uh, I can't imagine being this abysmally slur a quick Google search debunks her ridiculous feminazi and I'm a qualified white person to talk for the opinions of black people bullshittery. That, now that could have been <laughs> totally great without the slur. Like, we don't even need that no more. Right. Right. White feminists create fake fights between ethnic men and women the way white men organize and support coups in foreign countries. Mm -hmm. White feminists have always been perturbed by black kinship models. Blinded by gender lens, desiring a th and thinking only in a certain narrative, alas, so-called experts. Oops. Mm -mm. LMAO, a white turf getting dragged because she decided to scold two black women for honoring their dad. I thought Christmas was a month away. <laughs> God for oh I'm not I'm not reading no Tarigna sheet on here. I'm not reading Emmanuel Chu. Okay. As one of the sisters in King Richard, I hope you get a chance to watch our work and take some time to look into the Williams family role in making this film. Without them, this wouldn't be possible. The origin stories of black icons deserve a space and to be told as they desire. Also, what I, is so incredible that people don't, probably people don't realize is that Yes, Venus and Serena were the executive producer, or some of the executive producers, but their other sisters, Lindrea and Isha, who are not Richard's biological daughters, were on set every fucking day. So, like, wow. read a book, y'all. 
There are like four whole feminists in the UK whose brains aren't full of marbles and none of them are on Twitter. God damn. Mm. Bernice King. Aren't Venus and Serena the executive producers of King Richard? Doesn't respecting their choice also honor their understanding of their path and acknowledge their power as women? It's a powerful story and holistically it's much more important than the title indicates. Also, there have been like five million billion documentaries about Venus and Serena. And if anything, to me, the real the real gem of the movie for people who don't know them or their story that well is how influential Aura scene was. Yep. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. all I have to say is peanut butter. And, <laughs> and anybody who's seen the movie will know exactly what the fuck I'm talking about. But... Is a white Listen. woman seriously taking issue with a film about a strong black man raising his black daughters and being an integral part of their success? That's not the narrative you're used to, is it? By the way, Venus and Serena were producers. Why are you so pressed? Steam. Yes, they did cry about it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, having rad femme in your bio immediately discredits every fucking thing you say. Also, white women shut up challenge failed. Jesus. God damn. That's a lot. King Richard centers black fatherhood, a concept that the media seems to forget even exists. Yes, black women can be bosses and love their fathers enough to lift them up when everyone else tears them down. So there was also some discourse about how people felt a way about them uh, ignoring the fact that Richard was a deadbeat to his other children. And somebody smarter than me was like, what the fuck that got to do with it? Like he was a good father to these two women and this is their story. Exactly. Exactly. Right. And, and really like the thing is, yes, it is about Richard's vision to create, you know, the sport transforming athletes that were Venus and Serena Williams. But like, it only really takes it's it's like a small snapshot, y'all. Right. It's 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 two hours and some change telling the most pivotal ten years in the evolution of modern tennis. Like, what? Nothing to say. So just adding to the brutal ratio because I love to see it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's quote tweets. I'm gonna get into some some replies. For those, yourself included, that needed inkling on why Richard is being honored by Venus and Serena with a movie, please look at this brief clip where he defends and reinforces her confidence when someone, an adult at that, tries to push her to question it. And that was a scene in the movie where the where he busted in on the interview and was like, She said oh, what the fuck she said with confidence, yeah. I was like again as uh, a a maniac, I was like this didn't happen outside. Why are they doing this right, outside? This right. happened inside. Right. <laughs> Holly Robinson Pete. What is wrong with people? If these ladies want to produce a movie about their dad for all the sacrifices he made to get them where they got, what is the problem? We all stand on the shoulders of our imperfect parents with great intentions. I thought it was riveting. Thank you. Go ahead, Holly. You mean, mm-hmm. did Serena and Venus Williams seriously make a film about their father and name it after him? Yes, they did, because that was the story they wanted to tell and the person they wanted to center. Whatever point you thought you were making here is lost and confused. So you're mad that, check notes, Venus and Serena chose to name the movie they produced about their family after their dad, their actual dad, whom they both credit as the reason they are in the position they're in. And that position is producers of this movie about their dad. Right. And Will wanted to make the movie, but like, you know what I mean? Like, like if we're really, if we really want to get granular about this, like Westbrook, Westbrook Productions, Will Smith's production company optioned the fucking movie because Will wanted a role to win an Oscar. Right. So like, Yes, they didn't, and Venus and Serena didn't even have to produce the movie. This was about Will making a movie for himself to get a motherfucking Oscar. And he so, happened to get their buy-in and complete support. Right. 
Imagine a so father. Like, imagine a father who raised two of the greatest athletes of all time against the odds of growing up in Compton in an all-white sport, instilling core values, encouragement, giving time and resources, focusing on education as well as athletics. Imagine giving this man a movie. And it's so crazy. Like you know, again, no spoilers because like this is all very well documented. But like how much Richard bristled against contemporary, like at the time contemporary knowledge about how to be good at a sport he had never grown up playing like he changed the entire sport as someone who didn't even participate in it that is like that's un like honestly if i didn't watch this shit happen in real life in front of my own eyes it's unbelievable that venus was 73 and 0 as a junior and then quit juniors for four years it's unbelievable that serena was like 63 and 1 and only lost to some girl named venus like it's unbelievable that's not real uh, and my favorite response to things like this, I'll drop the mic with this. Wait. <laughs> Kev on stage screaming. It's for black people anyway. It's not. It's not. I want everybody to see the movie, but I love that response. Meanwhile, on Twitter. This don't make no goddamn sense. <laughs> it's the audacity for me. You know, if that's you know, if that's one thing whites gonna have, it's the audacity. It's it, to me it's just like it doesn't fit our narrative of the deadbeat black father who we all want him to be, which is why I came down hard on people who were talking about the dialect and shit, because it feels like the a different the other side of the same fucking coin to me. And and yes, there is legitimate critique to be had of Richard Williams as a person. Sure. You know, the movie did not, and it didn't need to uh, talk about, like, the questionable relationship with him and Orsine as it relates to domestic violence as ultimately the reason that their marriage ended. But, like, the problem is, is because the way white supremacy is set up, you can't tell that story about a black person without that being the only thing the movie is about. And... Right. I, I understand that like it is it is it's really complicated to talk about a real live person without like you know ignoring the complicated parts of their history without also vilifying them. But if and he wasn't a villain to them, then he wasn't. This is exactly their, this and is I, the and way it, they're it, choosing to tell the story. Exactly, exactly, which is why it's like putting those putting those uncomfortable like messy unnecessary details in that movie would have turned him into a villain, and it's like. That's not what the story's about. And if his other kids want to make that movie, let them make it. You know they don't. You know they can't get no movie made. Ciao. Well, they should go talk to this white lady. I'm sure she would be willing to help. <laughs> I was so mad that one of his daughters is named Sabrina. I was like, damn, Richard. You just, damn, Richard. <laughs> <laughs> oh, damn, all right. Make up nothing real too, too, too hard. Serena, Sabrina, same thing. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, my dad had to go down about three phone names before he would get to mine sometimes. <laughs> All right. Well, Charmaine, thank you so much for joining us again. You know, you know, you're welcome anytime. I'm here all the time, as you know, because we talk all the time. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, Pastor. This is the day that the Lord has made. But it's not the day for you to try it. Turf ass. Bitch. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Bye.